It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right it. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccine vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and uh, we continue with uh, our look at the um, Flint City Council primary election, which is coming up in uh, under two weeks. Uh, August 3rd is uh, the election day for that primary election, six of the nine Wards will be uh, appearing on that ballot for Flint residents. Uh, three will not, but all, all nine are up for election, but three of the wards, the first, fifth, and ninth, didn't have more than two candidates, and it takes more than two candidates for there to be a primary because the primary picks the top two uh, to move on to the uh, general election on November 2nd and uh, so we've uh, dedicated um, for the last week or so um, a, a day for each ward and we do that again today this is the the final in a series of six where we focus on the eighth ward all four candidates have uh, agreed to be on the show including the incumbent who's running for re-election the uh, current uh, council member from the 8th Ward is Alan Griggs, and he joins me by phone. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Or I should uh, say welcome back. 
<laughs> I, I, yeah, it was great. Our first interview about four years ago. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm broadcasting live from the uh, Clarence Hospital room, and uh, I tell you what, there was so much excitement in this room this morning for me and my veteran roommate George. I thought it was a boo. I thought it was a boo-ha-ha for the Tom Sumner program or something. Thought maybe you were. I don't know. I thought maybe you were having a campaign rally. Yeah, or something. Well, Alan, I've been starting these uh, conversations out with uh, with incumbent candidates as as well as uh, newcomers with the reputation the Flint City Council has for uh, meetings that are at least contentious that often go into the wee hours of the morning and, and don't always complete the agenda and don't always get decisions made by the, uh, by the various deadlines. Um, and, and, and as somebody who's lived through that, why would yeah. you want to run for re-election? Why would you want to go back? I, uh, it, it's my constituents. That's the that's the good part. That's the fun part of my job. Uh, I'm just a public person. I'm not a uh, politician, and I I really enjoy helping my constituents. I do not enjoy our council meetings. They're uh, they're chaotic and. We, we don't make enough progress for our city, and hopefully some of that will change with uh, some new faces this uh, this November. Well, about that, and, and I talked to one of your colleagues yesterday, Monica Galloway, and, and got into this conversation a little bit about um, the learning curve for new council people. They're going to be at least two new council people uh, because uh, two of the wards, um, the the candidates, uh, Santino Guerra and uh, Herb Winfrey, decided not to run for re-election. So there are going to be at least two new faces, possibly more. Um, how long does it take before new members can have an, in, an influence or, or an impact on the council? Well, it... it Hopefully, it depends on who the incumbent was, and hopefully they will help the next person. I I didn't receive that. I didn't know when my neighborhood meetings were, and uh, I, I pretty much had zero to start with. And it took me a while. It took me a few months to to really get get to knowing the ropes. Uh, I'd been in large meetings in my 25 years of industry. So how a meeting is held and Robert's rules and stuff like that, that was not a big, uh, a real big deal for me. But of course, the chaos in our meetings was going on then and in previous three or four years. So uh, it was the same old, same old as far as... Uh, um, uh, chaos or, or not getting things accomplished. And uh, plus, we got hit right off the first or second week with the 30 year GLEWA contract, which I never supported. And uh, I, I still don't support it. But anyhow, uh, mainly because we don't have a backup water supply, uh, we only have a redundant. We have 
two water sources dipping out of the same bucket, which is uh, <laughs> which is not right according to municipal or state and city municipality laws. We're supposed to have a separate uh, backup water source. Is that in the works? No, they they think that KWA is a backup, and it's not. It's just a secondary water supply. We need a real backup water source. If something never contaminates like Huron, boy, we'll be in deep yogurt uh, because uh, glue will cause its backup, KWA. But it also at least has the Detroit River. However, that comes right out of Lake Huron. So, uh, well, how, where where would a uh, non-redundant water supply come from? I, I understand, you know. It either it had, it had to, according to the rules, either surface, other surface water, or groundwater. So, in our case, groundwater or go back to the Flint River. People go, oh no, no, never, never. Well, you know, you can make water, drinking or potable water, just about out of anything that's wet. Uh, you know, astronauts and sailors, they don't carry bottled water with them. Uh, you know, the sailors make it out of the sea water, and the astronauts make it out of their waste. So, uh, you know, you can clean up any water supply. And that, that was the big, big mistake made with our... Uh, water crisis is uh, I read the engineering report before it started and the engineering report recommended adding a uh, something, a chemical to Flint River water to balance the acidity. Well, I've been around drinking water supplies before in industry in my background and I know that uh, river water is normally acidic. And matter of fact, even rain is acidic and you need to balance it there was something to correct the, the acidity of the water. And so they didn't, uh, since they had non-technical people in the city and state making non-tech or making technical decisions, boom, they said, oh, we don't need that extra dollars for balancing the acidity. acidity. And then here comes the acid through our lines, which released the lead. And that's how it all happened. You know, just a, it's a foolish man-made mistake it was not the river's fault yeah we've talked about that um you know ad nauseum over the last uh, five or six years uh, on this show and and around flint um and and some people i i think you'd have a riot if you tried to use the flint river as a oh i know you but i know but 65 percent of the country's drinking water is coming from local rivers and streams they just yeah. treat it right yeah that's correct and ours wasn't treated correctly <laughs> it's just that simple and but people say oh the river poisoned us no the river did not poison us the, the our uh, employees employ our flint employees poisoned us so i are not to poison I don't like to use that word contaminated. I think is a better word. Well, certainly they they failed us in in uh, uh, quality management and control. Yes, yes, they did. Um, Alan, is it a little different 
running for election uh, this time around a because it's uh, re-election but b in the wake of the of the pandemic no really nothing but the, not that much about running for it in a pandemic of course going door to door is is not as simple as it was before uh, people are very reluctant to open their doors so door to door is it is different in that respect due to the pandemic. Uh, you know, I've got you know, getting permission for yard signs and putting the yard signs in legal places instead of on city property or inside parks or or electric poles, which I've seen. And uh, of course, those are all violations of the rule. But I don't know how well they're being enforced this time. But yeah, there's not as much door-to-door to, to be done, or uh, and I don't blame people for not opening the doors, since, especially since we've got a, um, you know, an uptake again. Uh, here at McLaren, they've got a few cases now of COVID, so uh, that are new. And, are, uh, are they the new uh, Delta variant that we're hearing about? I think so, but I'm not positive. I'm not real positive if that's the variant. You know, it might be a good uh, good story for you to, to check with them. Yeah, it'd be, be interesting to find out and, yeah, and to keep yeah. track of because, um, you know, I was, I was holding the president to uh, his comment about, uh, you know, being able to cook out with friends and family on the 4th of July and that we'd be at herd yeah. immunity. And 4th of yeah. July has come and gone and... <laughs> It it's hard to tell if we're coming out or going back in. Yeah, yeah. I, I know there's one COVID case on my floor as of yesterday, and uh, that's that's what I know. And then a few other, I think maybe four other five others, but I'm not sure. Well, it's how was. Um we just have about a minute till we get to break, uh, Alan. So I'll just. Oh, okay. Um, I want to uh, ask if you'll stick around and we can talk some more because I want to get into a few issues. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Um, but I will ask you just very quickly before we go to break was there a learning curve for you when a lot of the, the meetings and stuff had to be uh, done virtually? No, matter of fact, I like them better uh, over Zoom or virtually uh, because we've got two or three council people that love to perform on TV, and it cuts that performance down and saves a little bit of yeah, adversion, I guess one might say. But uh, no, no, it, it wasn't an adjustment at all. Matter of fact, if anything, it's it's probably a little more comfortable, for me at least. Well, as I mentioned, we're going to take a short break and let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. And then we'll return to talk with uh, 8th Ward uh, City Council incumbent Alan Griggs, who's running for re-election in the August 3rd primary for that uh, seat on the Flint City Council. Hello, we'll be right there, back. Hello, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we continue my conversation with uh, Alan Griggs, who is uh, seeking to retain his seat on the uh, Flint City Council uh, from the 8th Ward. That uh, primary election is coming up August 3rd. Alan, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, matter of fact, what that one person said, the interviewing you is like having morning coffee at the table with you and i I feel the same way tom (laughs) well thanks alan i appreciate that um and and i i miss the fact that we haven't had a chance to uh, get together and talk it it seems like i lost a year in there somewhere but um but uh, now that we are let's talk about some of the uh, things we talked about water a little bit in the last segment but just recently the flint city council uh uh, the contract for trash collection uh, with Republic expired. Negotiations uh, for a new contract broke down somewhere along the line, and we ended up with this uh, temporary contract for 90 days. And several council candidates, incumbents and newbies, um, are, are indicating a preference for Flint somehow uh, maybe if not short-term, long-term, bringing trash collection back in-house. Um, who do you think should be collecting the trash in Flint? Well, I've asked around some of my constituents, and I've heard good and bad about using in-house garbage collection. Uh, I, I don't... I really don't think I have a preference. Uh, I just want to make sure whoever is bound very strictly to the contract uh, for all three items, uh, you know, for garbage and recycle and yard waste. I hear that uh, right now there's three bids coming in, and I don't think all three are including all three of those items. So... That's something I've got to really stay close to and uh, let my constituents be aware because I, I like to poll them. I like to I like to vote for them. There's a couple things that uh, I didn't really agree with, but that's what they wanted, and that's what I did. And because uh, I'm not a sole source uh, for Ward 8, I, I've got to have input from my constituents. So... I'm going to depend heavily on them, that's for sure, but I but I also got to be able to put the word out to them correctly. And how, how do you manage to um, be in contact with uh, okay. constituents? Okay, well, one is uh, it's not my main thing. Uh, I've got a councilman Facebook page that I post on. I even post, you know, jobs when I see them on there for my constituents. So they'll be kind of the first to know and if they're searching for a job. But, but other things like when the meetings are. Uh, but I do have six neighborhood meetings, and I've got really six great groups and just started a new one. Uh, and just starting a new one just uh, just a couple, couple three days ago, uh, Tuesday, matter of fact. I had a meeting at my house, and, uh, and that's just started a uh, a new neighborhood group down in the Nethercutt Elementary School area. 
because we didn't have one. Uh, we have one on the north side of Atherton in the condos, but it only meets once a year. But uh, these others meet every month. Uh, so about every Thursday I have a meeting and every and uh, every couple of Tuesdays. Uh, so they're very strong neighborhood groups. Matter of fact, we were more active uh, with neighborhood cleanups than the May 15. May 15, you know, they did that citywide cleanup. Right. But it's only one big dumpster for one day. I, two weeks before that, I had six dumpsters out there uh, <laughs> for a week a week apiece. And, I mean, they, they got out there and they, they cleaned up Ward 8. Of course, we, we still got a lot more cleaning up to do. There's We got plenty of blight. We've got to, oh, a lot of problems with yard mechanics and uh, complete complaints. I I'm not surprised anymore by any complaints. I, I know who to call, and uh, I know the right ones in the administration to help me out. And and there's parts of our administration that are very good, and uh, they get the job done. And sometimes they'll even follow up with me instead of me having to follow up with them. So, which is a really good feeling, and uh, to know exactly what to do do you think the needs or at least the desires of the of the people uh in the eighth ward are different than say the second ward or the fifth ward no because i've received calls from other boards and i I don't pay attention to their address usually when they call and i've gotten into trouble with one board uh saying you know not to help people in their board, which, I, okay, I won't, you know, but I make sure that person knows. And if I do help somebody and find out they're in a different ward, I let them know. But no, the complaints are, are pretty much the same, you know, blight, crime, safety, uh, water. And and that's what you're hearing back uh, from these meetings that you hold with the constituents of the Eighth Ward. Um, if you look back at the the history of Flint, going back a hundred plus years, there are at least a couple times where Flint had to completely reinvent itself and become a uh, comeback city. The last few decades have been especially tough with uh, job loss, and and that led to declining revenue for the city to manage its uh, resources uh, leading to emergency managers and the Flint water crisis that we talked about a little earlier and mm-hmm. and then the pandemic and it just seems like hard times keep coming along in the middle of hard times um, yeah is is there a way out of that cycle for the city of Flint, do you think the city of Flint can be a comeback city again? And and how can it do that? And what would it look like? Oh, oh, definitely. Because you know, here we're blessed with being a city of with amenities for three hundred thousand people, and we've only got around maybe eighty thousand using them. I mean, my gosh, we got these three major hospitals. We got these colleges. It's a beautiful area. And uh, the downtown has really been revived a lot. The wet, the summer weather—that's what drew me here for retirement. Uh, with the friendliness of the people and the, and the amenities, and and 
the summer weather because I, I love to garden in my hobby. And uh, but no, I I really I want to see us go headlong on economic development. Uh, the problem though is a little bit of the problem though is economic development. Bishop Airport and GM Truck and Bus are also in my ward, Board Eight. And I was talking to the uh, chairman of the board of uh, Bishop a few months ago, and he said they used to always uh, bring new uh, uh, potential businesses into city council meetings. And he said they don't dare do that anymore. And, and that worries me because that's going to hurt our economic development is when they if they show up to a council meeting and see all the chaos in the and the super long meetings that that's not good. That's, that's not a good view for our for our town. It, it just isn't. And but I mean, this is a great place to retire to. Uh, we could be a great retirement community. Retirees don't really use any money when they come to town and buy a home or start get one built. You know, they hire people out. They hire lawn workers and mechanics. They they, they hire out a lot of work that other people normally don't do so uh, i think uh, retirement i think even tourism ought to be there i'm so happy we're getting this new state park i really am and uh as a matter of fact my my business uh, uh that we started about seven years ago uh it relies uh, somewhat on tourism and business travelers uh, but also local people too looking for a getaway what kind of businesses would be good for Flint to try to attract if if it can become more attractive? And and I, I ask that question because it's it's so historically been a factory town and a lot of times we see I'm I'm old enough Alan that I've seen um, job loss in 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 the thousands and we see job recovery in the hundreds um is is technology preventing us from getting the the number of jobs that um that we need and and our new businesses uh so tech oriented that they don't use a lot of human resources yeah well uh could uh, i'm sorry another doctor from uh roommate here came in he's a little loud <laughs> so uh yeah uh, uh i think uh, you know spent is becoming kind of artsy uh, i i can't put my finger on what time a business would bring in art but uh these uh it's a shame we missed out on amazon storage uh that's true here i think that went to pontiac and uh, who knows? It may have been our city council that they happened to get a glimpse of. I don't know what went wrong there. Uh, I know maybe uh, maybe more car support, but uh, that's you know we we've got to diversify. We can't just depend on on vehicles anymore. And uh, but stuff like um, like. Uh, clean industries, uh, clean and green industries, that would help a lot. And I think they hire quite a few people. Um, well, even 
even kind of put our arms around tourism. See if we can't help that tourism. These hotels and whatnot, they hire a lot of people. And uh, there's a lot of staff working at them. And I was glad to see that new one in downtown, uh, the Hilton. But uh, things like that. Uh, but we've got to diversify, but we've got to be able to attract these businesses. That's our that's our biggest thing. And, and you mentioned that... Uh a lot of your constituents' uh, concerns include, and, and this is common throughout the city, Alan, not just in the 8th Ward, but blight and crime and um, public safety, uh, water. Well, and I, want to say, I also want to add water rates. Right. Well, that's, water, that's, water that's continues to be, uh, water continues to be uh, a well, contentious we issue. The most, we pay the highest water in the nation. And did a Google on it, and we are number one, and that's that's just not right. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Just recently, uh, the Flint Police Chief Green um, yeah. suggested a a trial program for three months with a leased helicopter patrolling the city. What do you think about the helicopter? Well, I. I was kind of against it at first, like so many, uh, probably the majority of the comments have been made in public speaking at city council is, you know, you're taking a, an officer off the ground and putting them in the air. And a couple of things that I asked uh, Chief Green at our last council meeting, I said, are there any reports from how well did the Michigan State Police helicopters do when they were here and i didn't get any figures but he did say it really helped a lot so you know that kind of flips me over to thinking maybe it's not such a bad deal but this is a hundred thousand dollar a month operation and right now they're getting this three hundred thousand from you know uh, fines and and fees out through the police department that they can put into the general fund. But I don't know that we can sus sustain those uh, $100 a uh, $100 a month uh, expenses. Yeah, $100,000 a month expenses. So uh, I, I'm sure the big thing, I guess the most tragic thing about the helicopters would have been able to catch these uh, high-speed drag racing and... Uh, Reckless driving. Uh, I don't know that we necessarily need an ordinance for it because it's, it's just against the law, anyhow, and we need to enforce the law. So I, I'm, I'm in a mix. I'm, I'm listening very carefully to it, and I'm trying to get more feedback from my constituents on it. Well, Alan, I think you're on the right track to try to look at uh, crime statistics related to when the state police helicopter patrols, because some have argued that, you know, by, by shining those spotlights in, in some dark corners, that, you know, some some gang activity and, and uh, crowding and, and stuff that goes on, like, like we hear about, you know, at, at Club Sunoco, 
and and other places around the city that you know the presence of a helicopter maybe could break some of those things up but but yeah. again I, I think you're on the right track to see if that's statistically backed up with uh yeah uh, related to the the state police helicopter um what are some of the the things that flint can do to address its its budget struggles um can can the city pay its own way or or will it forever be reliant on state and federal funds well and water income <laughs> yeah well we do produce and sell water so it is one of our incomes. Uh, we need to be more efficient with that. Our, our budget, we've got a new CFO, and she's she's really good. We're, I'm so happy we got her. And, uh, uh, and right now she's been given pretty much full reign. And uh, we've got to increase our tax base, you know, I, this is my second time in the hospital this year. I haven't been in a hospital for decades. Well, anyhow, I, every time that somebody comes in, no matter what level of employment they are, I ask them where they live. Well, I was in here in February and for a few days, and only one person lived in Flint. And right now, uh, I was, I've been in here 12 days, and then had to come back in for pneumonia. And uh, because I laid around too much in the hospital, you get that's how you get pneumonia. But anyhow, I have not found one yet that lives in Flint. And I, all I can do is I say, well, I'm a city councilman, and we must have a really bad reputation because it's be so much more convenient for these people not to have to commute to live near the hospital. You know, one of these these three big hospitals that employ a lot of people and uh, but we're not getting their taxes and it's because of the face we've put on for Flint. It's just not a good face and we've got to improve our face to get these people to live here. Uh, it's, it's a tough road. It's going to be a tough road to, to get people to move to Flint. It really is. Alan, how, how can uh, people uh, reach out to you and, and mm -hmm. learn more about you and about what we've been talking about and your work on the council and um, past, present, and future? You mentioned a, a Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, the way I've got my personal phone rig, if you call my city office phone, if you call my city cell phone, you'll always end up straight on my uh, personal cell phone, which is 810-449-7357, and I don't miss my calls. I answer all my calls 24-7, so uh, here I am. That's the quickest right then way to call somebody and get a, get a human. 
instead of recording. <laughs> and and I'm all for that, Alan. Um, Alan, we just have about three or four minutes left, and I, okay. I want to give you a chance to um, share any thoughts uh, that that you would like to share with the listeners. Well, I really wish that my opponents would talk more about their platform and try to try to down talk me. I see it going on, and uh, that's the part of politics that that I don't care for. And uh, but anyhow, I, I just want my constituents to know that I'm here for them 24 hours a day seven days a week, you know, just call me anytime they want. They, I'm not surprised if I get a brand new problem. So far, it seems like I've seen them all. But uh, if I can't figure it out, I sure know who can. So that's that's it. And you mentioned... uh not not exactly parenthetically, but somewhat in pass, passing about uh, water rates, and that that was a, a big issue for you. Um, yeah. What what is your platform? Water rates, obviously, being one. Well, number one would be blight to try to cut down on blight, try to reduce blight. Number two would be public safety. We know which would include crime. And then number three would be the water rates. Uh, they're, they're really all about the same level to me for priority. But uh, if, if you want me to organize them, that's kind of the way I've got them organized. And, uh, and then, of course, they're in the background. I'd love to see us get along better at city council. I've tried. I've even tried to get invite everybody out for hamburgers and all the council members. And no. Only two or three showed up, so anyhow, that's that's a struggle too. Well, Alan, thanks for spending this time with me this morning, and I look forward to our uh, our next conversation. Good luck to you on August third. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Tom. I enjoyed it as, as usual. All right, take care. All right, you too. Bye bye. That was uh, Alan Griggs. He is an incumbent running to retain his seat on the Flint City Council from the 8th Ward. That primary election is coming up uh, August 3rd, and six of the nine uh, wards have primary races, and uh, we're trying to um, give you an opportunity to get to know all of the people who are running that will appear on that ballot and encourage you to vote. A lot of times people don't turn out for um, off-year primary elections, but hopefully people will this time around. Um, And so we're going to talk throughout the show today with uh, some of the challengers from the uh, 8th Ward and uh, get to know them a little bit. And if you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 LPFM in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. Um, We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do 
whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And remember, if you miss an interview or a conversation uh, on the Tom Sumner Program, you can always go to our website, TomSumnerProgram.com, and go to the archive and uh, look up the date and hour that that interview was on. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner Program straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources.
The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Summer Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Republican minority leader in the Senate, your views on affairs of state and on the political scene are always in demand. Senator, what's new? Well, if I gave you a direct answer, it would be almost a prejudgment of an issue on which testimony is still to be taken. <laughs> Senator, your political flamboyance is such that when coupled with your flowery oratory, there are those among the opposing party who say that you are actually nothing but a buffoon. I do not disagree. <laughs> Senator, I wonder if we can get some insight on your colorful career. Well, I know of no reason why we shouldn't. Well then, why did you decide to become a United States Senator? Because that was my first job after I got out of high school. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Van Voorhees. Now, Senator, not to bring up a sore point, but you did nominate Mr. Goldwater in Chicago, did you not? so to speak. Senator, are you denying it? I think so. Well, regardless, what do you think Mr. Goldwater and Mr. Miller should do during the coming years? I think they can very usefully get a lot of indoctrination by going to any party county headquarters, stuffing envelopes, getting to see people, develop a poise, uh, as they see candidates and others come in, uh, run errands and so forth, familiarize themselves with party organization and machinery, and then it becomes part of their nature, and it makes for uh, adeptness in the political field. Senator, do you think the Republican Party will stage a comeback in 1968? I know of no reason why it should. <laughs> uh, well, in your own mind, do you see a candidate emerging for 1968? No, I don't. <laughs> well, then where do you think the Republican candidate will come from in 1968? Out of the woodwork. <laughs> Democrats reacting to the news that Mr. Goldwater may step down as head of the Republican Party. They resent it, and they resent it bitterly. We continue the questioning now with Mr. St. Ledger. Senator, there's a move afoot to curtail the filibuster. I think I can say this. Excuse me, are my eyes deceiving me, or is that a naked girl sitting up there on the Senate balcony? I think one can say reasonably 
that this has occupied the attention of the Senate since the 9th of January. Looking back, Senator, over your career, has there been one outstanding statement that you've made to your colleagues in your many years in the Senate? There has been. May I ask what it was? Little Tom Thumb pulled out a plum, as you know. We noticed that you were conspicuous by your absence at the Washington Senator's opening game this year, an event which normally attracts the political leaders of both parties. Why was that? First, I had not been invited. Secondly, I, there was no hint that I would be invited. We, we understand. Third, I was not invited by anybody. <laughs> uh, we're a little short of time, sir. Fourth, I would not go if I was invited. No, we, we understand. There were two reasons why I wouldn't go. Wasn't an important question, sir. My Senate duties here are taxing enough as it is, and they are continuous. I would not like to see the implication go out. Uh, we have been talking with the Senate Minority Leader. Uh, we're sure he has enjoyed it as much as we have. I don't think so. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Sure, and leave their footprints on 
names and faces but to whom do they belong and when you knew that it was over you were suddenly aware that the autumn leaves were turning to the colors of his hair like a circle in a spiral like a wheel within a wheel never ending or beginning on a never spinning reel as the images unwind like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind Thompson 
show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.